You're listening to 90% Mental, Conversations with Grant Parr, Episode 139. Mental performance coach Grant Parr sits down with Jake Kelfer, best-selling author, motivational speaker, and founder of the Professional Basketball Combine, to talk about what it takes to achieve sustainable success and develop unbreakable grit and resilience. Jake shares what drives his service mentality and why he is built to help people to elevate their dreams. Jake's positivity is contagious and inspiring. What would more wins, higher productivity, or quicker recovery mean for you? NeuroPeak Pro optimizes human performance by working to promote balance within the autonomic nervous system. Used by the world's elite athletes, this training program is now available to you at home. Cutting-edge neuroscience and technology allows you to strengthen your brain remotely, anytime, anywhere. Schedule your evaluation and get started with your brain training today. Visit NeuroPeak Pro and receive a 10% discount by using the promo code GRANTPAR. You're interested in a full-body resistance training system to achieve your athletic and fitness goals? The Mass Suit from Juke Performance is your answer. The Mass Suit is a full body resistance training suit that you wear during your exercising or sports specific training to enhance your speed, strength, power, agility, and endurance. You are fully mobile and it's great for plyometric and high intensity training. It engages all muscle groups simultaneously and increases to a 50% caloric burn. Check out the Mass Suit at jukeperformance.com and other fitness-related products, and make sure to use the promo code GRANTPAR, one word, G-R-A-N-T-P-A-R-R, for your 10% discount. Hey, Jake, how are you? Grant, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. Pumped for this combo. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right, man. Well, I'm, I'm super pumped because you and I, I spoke a couple weeks ago, and and just talking to each other, I mean, we're, we're kind of cut from the same cloth. And, uh, and I, I just know this is going to be an incredible episode. And I'm really stoked just to have you on my show. But more so to talk about what you do as a, as a motivational speaker. I mean, there's a few different things that you do. Um, and I love how you focus on success and how passionate you are to teach people how to be successful in life. And we're going to talk about that. And we're also going to talk about something that I'm really interested to find out is what you've done in the NBA with your combine system. And I'm, I'm just going to leave it there because I'm going to let you describe that and, and share with everybody what that's all about. Um, and we're going to talk about your books, um, how awesome those are and how they're impacting people. Uh, so super, super excited to have you on my show. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be good. We're going to get into the, into the good stuff. Everyone, when you're listening, you're going to be getting some actionable stuff that, uh, that you can really put into practice in your daily lives as well. All right. Beautiful. Well, uh, as my listeners know, my favorite thing to talk about besides culture, because I love talking about culture, uh, I love talking about mental toughness. So when you think about that word, what does mentally tough mean to you? It means a lot of things. I'll I'll tell you that, Grant. It means a lot of things. But specifically, when I think about mental toughness, I think about doing things even when I don't want to. I think about overcoming the, the, the negative self-talk in my mind. I think about doing things even in the face of adversity because when you're mentally tough, 
when you're mentally tough and mentally strong, whatever people throw at you won't phase you to the level that's gonna prevent you from achieving success. And this is gonna be a great segue into everything that we talk about today, but that's, that's what I kind of think about when, when you say the words mental toughness and, and how I define it. Beautiful. Well, when you think about a specific time, uh, so when you reflect on your career, uh, what comes up for you? Like, can you share that moment where you had to be mentally tough? I think for me, I think there's a moment when I was really growing up, when I was in high school playing basketball, um, that, that really portrayed what mental toughness was. And for me, it was where I had that first big breakthrough of understanding how to, how to keep persevering and how to keep going. So I'll tell you a little bit about that. It was my sophomore year of high school. I had just gone through the, the toughest summer of my life in basketball, okay? Because up to that point, I was always one of the better players. I made freshman as a, on, I made the JV team as a freshman. And then here comes the summer where I get a tryout for the varsity team. Now, mind you, I'm 5'4", 120 pounds, smallest guy. And, and we're, not, we're not playing at the elite level, right, where every player's going D1. But we, we play against a lot of competition that's high quality, going to the next level to play. So 5'4", 120 pound guys, by far, I'm the smallest guy trying out for the team on the court, one of the youngest guys. And by the end of that summer, I ended up making that team, which was great, overcame a lot. But where this really happens is during that season, I'm playing in the games, I'm getting taken out, there's mismatches, coaches pulling me out, which in my mind as a, as a, as a teenager, right, coaches pulling me out anytime there's a mismatch, that's just telling me he doesn't believe in me. It's how I'm viewing it, right? Now, I understand there's strategy in the game, and I'm not naive to that, but what I was feeling is like, gosh, coach doesn't think I can handle it. He doesn't think I can handle the pressure situation. He doesn't think he could play me in crunch time. And that took a huge toll on me. But our assistant coach at the time, he would always tell me, Jake, keep working. Jake, keep working. Your time is going to come. Your time is going to come. Jake, keep working. Okay? There's going to be a moment where this size is going to play to your advantage, even when other people see it as a misman, as a disadvantage. Keep playing. Keep playing. Keep hustling. Keep doing the things. Keep focused on things you can control. And he would talk to me about this mental toughness component. Like, I, I just, I'm going back to these high school days, right? These <laughs> moments where I'm, I'm playing and I'm in practice. And coach would be like, and the assistant coach would be like, 100 more reps, 100 more shots. Because he knew that I was capable of performing at the, at the elite varsity level and being a contributor. And we're at the end of the season. We're at the end of the season, and it's been a roller coaster for me, being pulled out, being in the starting lineup, playing five minutes and not playing. Like, it was a lot. And at the end of the season, we're in a playoff game, okay? And just like in, when you think about it, like, there are these moments that define why you put in the work, right? Why you do what you do. I'm in this playoff game. I'm playing. We're down on the wire. Coach finally left me in for a big moment. Well, our best player, who's my best friend, he's got the ball at the top of the key. So he's dribbling. We're down by one, five seconds. Left. Everyone in the gym, he's about to take the shot, right? I mean, he's the best player. He's got to shoot, right? You've got the Steph Curry picture in the background. Like, he's Steph. He's taking the jump <laughs> shot. And the ball's in his hand. He ain't giving it up. Well, all of a sudden, my man leaves and double teams him. So with three seconds left, he picks up the ball, and I think he's about to go up with it. But he does one of those where he goes up and then throws it to me in the corner, like the, the shot pass. Yeah. And I catch it with one second left. Now, I don't know why, but in this moment, I don't just take the jumper. And I'm like shooting right now. Like, I don't just take the jumper. I take it to the rack. I take one dribble, and I go up. And I draw the contact, and I lay it off the ground, hoping that I'm going to hit the game-winning layup. Fall to the ground. The, the, the crowd's going crazy. The, the, the ball goes in and around, and it drops out. Okay, and I'm like, no way did this just happen to me. 
all of this work, all this time, and then this is what happens. Wow. Like, I'm not ready for another learning moment just yet. <laughs> but then I hear the ref, he blows his whistle a little bit late, like enough to be like, oh, really? Because you never call a foul at the end of the game. Totally. He calls it. Two shots, line them up. And I head to the free throw line. The crowd's going crazy. I sink both those free throws. We win the game and we move on. And what that taught me, what this taught me in this lesson was that life's going to throw out opportunities at you at random points in your life. But it's up to you to be mentally tough in the times when you're struggling. It's up to you to be mentally tough to keep on persevering because there will be a time for you to shine. But you better be prepared to take advantage of that. And that only can happen when you're mentally tough. And I've been able to replicate that experience, not hitting free throws to win games, but replicate that experience of taking advantage of opportunities because I've been prepared and mentally tough to set myself up for those situations. Yeah. So thank you for letting me reflect on the glory days oh, of my basketball career. Trust me, man. I, I can do it all day with you. With High school, college, man, I can go back to my youth days. <laughs> There's some gems back there, back there. But, you know, it's, it's funny you know, in the line of work that I do, it's, it's, it's all about getting people prepared um, to get their, their mind and body prepared, how to get that aligned. And if it gets out of alignment or out of focus, how to get back into our most confident self. So, you know, I, I praise this. I always say, be ready, be ready, stay ready, because you just don't know. You don't know if you're going to have one second left. You don't know if you're going to be uh, put in the game, but you got to be ready and you got to stay ready. Now, let me ask you this, because when you think about the easiest, I think you can disagree, but the easiest shot in basketball is a free throw, right? You don't have anybody on your face. The only pressure is the pressure that you're putting on, right? You're free. You have, you're, you're just you in the basket and you've been shooting that, that shot your whole career. So when you've, when you're at the very end of the game, you're very vulnerable in that moment and you, you got the foul. So what were, what were those two shots like like how did it's one thing to do that was mentally tough what you did but i would even say even more so what was more mentally tough is those two next two shots so how did you how did you manage to drain those two shots but what was walk me through kind of what you were going through emotionally and mentally yeah 100 percent. and I, I love that you asked this question because this really is super important right and we're going to talk about planning and preparation here because Every day I would grow up, when I was in junior high, I would practice on my driveway, right? I laid the foundation and I would always end shooting free throws. This was an advantage that I had as a smart player. I knew I wasn't the most talented, wasn't the tallest, wasn't the strongest, wasn't the most likely to, to, to be the best. But I was willing to put in the work and I was willing to put in the right work. Yeah. So every day I would finish shooting free throws. I'm in seventh grade and I'm going to the free throw line shooting free throws by myself, completely disciplined. Like most seventh graders are shooting Steph Curry threes or just doing crazy layups, right? But here I am on my free throw, on my driveway. I remember drawing the line and shooting these free throws. Now here's what I did even more so is I love the crowds, right? I love it. So I would imagine I'm at this free throw line and now I'm on my driveway. I'm Lakers. I'm a Laker guy. Grew up in Southern California. <laughs> and we're playing the Boston Celtics or whoever, right, that year in the championship. We're in the Staples Center. It's game seven. And I'd imagine that I'd been just fouled and we're down by one, right? Like I imagined the situation so I could put pressure on me during the practice. And every time I missed free throws, I would run or whatever. But I'd get there and sometimes I would, I would imagine the crowd just going crazy and I'd shoot the free throws. And I'd miss sometimes and I'd make it other times. But I always knew that one day down the road, like that opportunity was going to present itself. Maybe not in the exact same fashion, 
but in some fashion where I was going to need to step up and be clutch. So when this situation happened, I'm at the free throw line. Clock's expired. The crowd's going crazy. The ref throws me the ball. And most people in that moment, when you're not prepared, you panic. When you're not prepared, all the thoughts that you don't need to be having in that moment start to cloud your judgment, start to, start to overwhelm you. Well, for me, it was the exact opposite. I had already been there. I had, sank, I had hit these shots 100,000 times before. Right. Brooke throws me the ball and I smile because everything disappears and I'm just on my driveway again. And that first shot, I sink it, no problem. And that's the pressure shot. That first one, the time of <laughs> the game, that's the pressure shot. Now the second one's gravy. Right. Okay. But then the team calls timeout, right? They want to ice you. They want to fluster you. It's what you do now. Okay. How do you not let yourself be distracted? How do you not let yourself start to think, what if I miss? What if I miss? And I remember going back and people were like, you got this, right? Because they want to root you on, right? You're in the sports movie at this point. People are like, this is the big moment. Nobody better than you. And I'm like, chill guys, like relax, right? Right. But in my head, I'm thinking there's nobody better than me right now in this gym that's going to shoot this free throw. I'm so ready to make this shot. I want it bad. The only thing that would ever have stopped me from missing that free throw is if like I had a cramp or a spasm where I couldn't get the ball out of my hand. (laughs) When I got back to that free throw line, two dribbles, same routine, swish, we win the game. I knew it. And the people that knew me the best knew that that was going in. Wow. When you think about that, it's, it's the same type of thing that you can do. Be ready, stay ready, right? Just like you're talking about, but these moments is all about this preparation, getting into the right routine, practicing the situation, visualization, all these things that relate to business, relate to life, relate to performance. It all stems from what you do to prepare. Totally, man. And it's, it's something I talk about a lot uh, within my role, but also in my book as well. It's about conquering the emotional hurricane. And again, I don't care if you're performing in athletics or in the workplace, uh, even in a relationship, like there's, we all have a, a duty and no, no, what, no matter what that duty is, right. We are going to be faced with an emotional uh, hurricane internal or external. And it could be small. It could be large, depending on what, whatever you make it to be. Right. So when you're prepared for that, when you are totally per- getting prepared for whatever that unknown is that that emotional hurricane, you can either get swept up in it or you get right in the middle of the eye of the hurricane, guess what happens in the eye of the hurricane? It's calm. And so if we can practice how to be calm, play present, get into our breath, be where our feet are, that no matter how crazy, if it's you know the, the last shot of the game or if it's sold out, it's all right, man. It's, I've, I've been there. I've already visualized all of this. Yeah, I love being in the middle of the hurricane, right? Yeah. I, I love it, man. And it's, and it's also understanding success and it's understanding um, our own internal representation of success. So going kind of segueing into that beautiful word, because it's a word that everybody, we talk about it. And I think everybody wants to be successful, right? Who doesn't want to be successful? Everybody wants to be successful. Right. Right. So when you think about that word, it's another question of like, what does it mean to you? So, uh, again, it's a very broad word. We all have our own meaning to it, but when you think about success, like what does it mean to you? See, this is, this is something that people need to spend more time thinking about because success is different for you and it's different for me. And the biggest thing about it is maybe we have the same definition of success. The way we're going about achieving it is going to be completely different. Right. So success to me is all about having the freedom to do what I want, when I want, with who I want. That's success to me is being able to do whatever and have the freedom, right? To spend time with who I want, to, to live the life, to pick up my bags and travel. Success for me is having freedom. Okay. Now it's really interesting too, is, is how we view success because 
When you traditionally say the word success, where does everybody's mind go towards? Well, it goes towards fame, status, wealth, right? But we know that that doesn't just mean you successful, right? There are people that are like that, but not happy, right? There are people that have everything that other people would say is success, yet those people aren't living a successful life. They're living a rich life per se, right? Right. But they're not living a successful life. And there's people on the flip side. They just have their family that just, they don't make a lot of money, but they're the most happy and, and successful people because for them, they're able to put food on their table. They're able to have family dinners. They're able to spend quality time with each other. They're able to, to have shoes on their feet. Like there's so many different definitions of success. And I think the most important thing we can do when I hear about success is like, we have to be confident in what our definition is. We have to break it down by the buckets in our life, our health, our relationships, our finances, our charity, our emotions, our fitness, yeah. right? And then we also have to pursue that relentlessly. But it's not about comparing. It's yeah. not about feeling guilty, right? We can dive into all of these things. But success to me really equates to freedom and really pursuing that relentlessly while enjoying the process. And that's how you have a winning life. Oh, I love it, man. I love it how you talk about buckets because the way that I the way that I work with people and just talk about success um, and, and truly understand like what does it mean to you? Like what does it mean to you? But what does it look like and what does it feel like within those buckets? So we're giving it some identity. So now you know like what it means to you. And and the whole comparison game, I mean, there's a beautiful, I'm sure you've heard the there's a quote of, you know, comparison is a thief of joy. And, and it's so funny because I'm human and there's a lot of people doing what I'm doing right now. And there's times where I'm looking and I'm like, I, I get like, you know, I'm all in my head and I'm sitting there going, man, why are they doing it more better than I am? Why am I not doing that? And then I, in the moment go, wow, I cannot be free right now. I cannot be joyful because I'm so, I'm plugging into that socket of, of comparing. And, and I think also, I love that how you use freedom. Um, yeah. for success because if you truly want to be successful you've got to have emotional space and i think there if you can do there's and there's a lot of things you can achieve that you know as far as processes and meditation and all that stuff but i think when you have a lot of that emotional space you're going to allow yourself to to have success allow yourself to to be free yeah i mean look you know when you talk about the buckets it just gets me fired up Grant. Like, good it, <laughs> i love it because look let's take a bucket right let's take the finance bucket Okay, and we combine this with the career bucket for just this example here. But let's say for you, success, you live in a town where the house to buy is $250,000. For you, you want it, you have a, a dual income household. That definition of financial success is gonna look different than somebody who's a single person trying to buy a million dollar home. What you're going to have to do and the, and the numbers and the actions that you're gonna to have to take are gonna be a little bit differently, right? The career you're going to have has to be different. You might have to sell more of your products. Even if you sell the same thing, you're going to have to sell more than somebody else to have the same level of financial wealth, financial freedom to get to that point, right? Let's say somebody is 400 pounds and you're 150 pounds. Well, you both don't necessarily want to lose the same amount of weight, right? So what we have to decide is what does success look like to you? And, and when you can define what success likes to you, you can use it as your compass, as your guide with your North Star so that every action you take is relevant to that definition. Yeah. And then it makes it easier. And when decisions become easier to make, it becomes easier to do. And when actions become easier to do, if they're in the right direction, which we know they're going to be now, you can get closer to your desired results in a quicker amount of time, giving you 
freedom. Right. For sure, man. You know, it's funny too, when you think about, um, and this, this, this translates in, in any environment, but this scenario that I'm going to bring up, you know, with athletes, when they have a bad, they say they have a bad practice, they weren't successful, right? It's typically because they got yelled at or there was a, a crucial part of the game plan that they, they, they didn't show up on or they, there was that one drill they didn't do well in. So they deem it not successful. And so that's the same thing. Like you can go into a, a day of work and you might have a, a bad conversation. Oh, I didn't have a successful day. I had a bad day. Right. So I think it's really important. And I love it that you and I are talking about this because it's really, really important for my listeners to understand that you have to understand what, what success, what it looks like, what it feels like, and what it means to you, because there's nothing's going to be perfect. And you can't let one moment, one thing destroy your whole perspective of like, was I successful or not? Because there's so many things that are successful. I mean, even down to like warming up before a practice, warming up before a competition, just certain things like your effort and your attitude and your leadership, your communication, was that successful? Yeah, man. It's just, it doesn't have to be, doesn't have to be defined to one thing. Right. So I think if we can holistically and globally understand what success, like, I think we're setting ourselves up better. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. And, you know, for me, the way I look at that is because, like, there are days in everyone's life that are shitty, right? Yeah. Even the most successful people have shitty days, right? But on those shitty days, if we can find the, the one thing that went well, if we can find the one win that went well, it can keep us on our path. Yeah. To have a great life doesn't mean you every single day is unbelievable. To have a great life, you got to have a lot of great days. To have a lot of great days, you got to find great moments. And look, the best teams in the, in the, in the NBA, right? You're going to see a 65-team win, a 65-win season out of 82 games, right? And that's an elite season, right? Yeah. You're, you're losing se- but you're still losing 17 games. Right. And if you can win in your life as often as you possibly can, have a lot of great days, eventually you're going to have a great life. But it's about enjoying those wins, savoring those wins, and learning from the losses that create the better future and a more successful life. And that's how you start to become a champion. Yeah. For sure. You know, and it's just, this brings me up before I go on my next question, but not, not too long ago, I had Robert Paler on my show who, um, he's a quadriplegic and he, um, just a couple of years ago, he had a really horrific accident while he was playing rugby for Cal. And when I was talking to him about like, Hey, how do you deal with like a bad day? Because, you know, with his rehab and he was, you know, he, he you know, now he can walk a little bit, but he couldn't walk for a couple of years. So he goes, you know what? I, I don't, I've never have a bad day. I just have a bad moment. So it's like, I'm like, wow, like that's pretty cool. Now I, I, now I get that because we go into like our practices in the workplace and competition, something we're not successful. So then we deem that as it's shit. I had a shit practice. I had a shit game. I didn't have a good, whatever, but no, it's it all it is. Like, and you were saying this earlier, it's about moments, right? It's about, and to, to be honest with you, I want my moments as I move on into memories, positive memories. And if they're not, I want to learn from them. Yeah. And one of the, one of the things that I, I can I, and suggest to people too, and this is what I've done to really help me remember the good moments, even in tough times, is every day when I journal, I do what's called the 24-hour positive experience. And basically what that is, is I look back to that last 24 hours and I pick something that was a positive moment, a positive experience in my life that I want to remember, that I want to bring up. Some days... I have 25 things that were like super awesome that I want to talk about. Other days, I have to like kind of think about it because that day was a struggle. 
Right. But the minute you start to do that, if you can do that every day and find a positive win every 24 hours, well, it starts to prime your brain to seek out more experiences like that. It starts to make it a joy to find those little moments that create it. And then you start to seek out more positive experiences. Totally. Totally. Well, you know, obviously you love what you do. You can, you can just, you can feel the energy through, through the screen here and through the microphone. So, um, what was like, what was the motivation of getting into this profession and, and elevating people's lives and being just this impact? Uh, what was it that got you started doing this? Well, the thing that really got me started was I, I had this vision of, of what success looked like to me. And success, I thought, was going to be go to USC, get a degree, become a sports agent, be the youngest sports agent to sign a lottery pick. <laughs> then I was going to make a million dollars super young. I was going to go buy a house, then buy an island, maybe an island, get married, have kids, then start to give back, speak, write books. And what I very, very quickly realized, what I very, very quickly realized is, is I had it backwards. I had it backwards because in the pursuit of all that, I was just going for what I thought would make me happy, what I thought would be success. And I'm very fortunate that I had several moments, several people that reminded me to enjoy the journey, to go after what you want, not what you think other people want and expect of you. Right. And so I kind of flipped it on its head and I said, well, you know what? I'm going to be an author and a speaker and I'm going to start this combine right now. Why not? Right. And if what I have to say is, is powerful enough to influence somebody in a positive way that creates a transformation, then it's valuable. Right. Right. And I basically just started to share what I knew at that time. I was doing the best that I could with the knowledge that I had. And that led me to writing my first book. That led me to starting the pro basketball combine. That led me to starting to be a speaker. I didn't even know what speaking was really all about. I didn't know how you could make money doing it. And then it became something that not only was I passionate about, but it was also a way to build my economic engine. And that started to, to turn it into. And so I realized that success wasn't about hitting these metrics. Success was about enjoying the ride while yeah. pursuing something greater than myself. For sure, man. That's awesome. That's actually, uh, I can see it right now. It's just, you painted it beautifully. And, and before we get into the professional basketball combine that you've created, uh, and, I, and, I, and I, I think this is important to talk about because you are in the speaking business, right? And you are in the business to, to, uh, to impact people. Um, and now it's different because we're doing a lot of stuff virtually. But when you're performing this role, right, you're getting in front of people. I know you've got in front of hundreds of people. Uh, I can only imagine you're human. You're nervous, right? Like, how do you deal with nerves? How do you get like mentally prepared? I know I, I get the sense as an athlete, you are all about preparation, but when you're speaking, there's, you know, it's, it's the same mindset, but there's different things you're doing to get prepared. So kind of how do you deal with nerves, that energy? And then what's your preparation? What's your, what's your process? Grant, I love this, man. I, I love this because speaking to me is my version of playing at a high-level basketball game. Like, <laughs> like, I'm not even joking. Like, I stretch the same way I would stretch for, for a basketball game, right? I get up in the morning. I take my shower. I go through my routine, right? Depending on the time of the day that speaking engagement is, but we'll say it's in the morning for now. But I get up. I take my shower. Like, I start thinking. One of my biggest things that I do when I'm speaking, though, is I visualize what I want it to look like at the end result. 
I visualize from the moment I step on stage, how I run out, how I get on stage, who I'm going to look at in the audience. I go the night before, the morning of to check the sound. I check the audience. Like I check the, the, the seating. What type of chairs are there? Where's the avenues to run through? Where can I jump off and on stage? How big is the stage? I look at all these things. Just as if I would, when I played baseball and I was an outfielder, I would look at the way the grass was trimmed. I would look at all these different things because I needed an advantage. And this gives me an advantage. Also, the more prepared I am, the less nervous I become because I know I'm gonna crush it, right? Right, exactly. And, and so I would, I would, and then I would visualize, I would actually visualize that typically in the shower, I would visualize, and I do visualize, I think about the crowd's reaction when I land my joke. When I come out of there, what's, what, what kind of body, con body language do I want to give to them in, in certain situations? And then I visualize that end result. And for me, the end result is people clapping, getting side standing ovation. That's all great. But for me, the end result is getting people coming up to me saying how much that changed their lives. It's, it's making that impact, right? That's a tangible result that I look for. It's can I transform somebody enough to make them compelled to talk to me about how that inspired them or how that's going to create a change in their life. So I get super jacked up about it like that with the visualization, right? Yeah. When I get to my speaking engagements and I'm there, right? This is when the nerves typically start to set in for most people, right? Yeah. You get in your stomach. You're like, oh man, 30 minutes till showtime. Like, you know, <laughs> and you're getting fired up about it all. And so I typically, the way I do my introduction um, for most audiences is I have them read my intro. I was like, I'm getting announced for a starting lineup. Again, everything here is like correlated to this basketball. So yeah. I stand in the back of the room and they say, standing five foot eight, you know, weighing, you know, whatever, Jake Kelfer. And I run in from the back of the room. I have different music coming on and I come up. And a lot of this is to help me get prepared and to help me get fired up and juiced up. And the minute that you run onto the court or onto the stage, you, you feel at home. And so for me, the preparation, I just equate it to what do I do for basketball. What do I, what do I love? And then building off that routine um, to continue to find ways to, to be performing at, at an even higher level uh, each and every time. Totally, man. That's awesome. I relate, man. It's, it's, we all have our own little thing. And, and for me, it's no matter what I'm performing, especially when I'm speaking, it's, it's, I, I literally see the switch. I have to switch on. But I, I go through my mantras and my visualization and all that, my breathing and all that stuff. And, and there's a part of me because I, I love and honor and trust the process. I, even though I sometimes don't need to do it just because I know I'm locked in, I trust myself, but I do it anyways because it feels good. Like I'm like, cause this is what you just do. Like, this is like, this is part of my best practice, you know, and it just feels good to go through it. Now, before we get into professional basketball combine, that whole system and you know, the dude behind me on my wall, Steph Curry, now I want to bring this up because when I was doing some research and I and I saw this quote, I'm like, wow, that's a powerful quote. And I think you know what I'm going to talk about and bring up. But there was a quote basically saying that you're like the Steph Curry of of keynote speaking. And so when you when you get that, like how did that make you feel? And especially you are you are, you know, in your DNA, you're in a basketball player. So when you when you got that that feedback and that statement that defined your performance, how did that make you feel? Yeah, it felt amazing. I, I mean, I'm, I'm smiling ear to ear. Like, that was so cool, right? Because yeah. you're looking at Steph Curry as one of the best shooters to ever play the game and is one of, one of the greatest performers that we've seen. And someone had, had the, uh, the audacity to, to make that comparison. <laughs> I, you know, it was just an honor, right? Because it, it meant a lot to me um, because it validated some of the stuff that I had been working on. But it also was just really cool to feel so appreciated. You know, and that, that to me was such a humbling experience. 
Um, and that that compliment was was wonderful. And there's there's one other compliment that has also been like powerful to me. And someone called me the Jewish Tony Robbins. You know what I mean? And and, and it's just it's just awesome to when somebody says something like that. It just feels good. And so I was so I'm so grateful um, that the work that I've put in, uh, because as you can tell, I, I take it very seriously, but I also make sure to enjoy it, right? And it's just it just awesome to see people feel that way about the work that I do and to inspire them in that way. And uh, it's, it's, it's great. So to, to answer your question in a very short way, to hear that and to see that and to be able to utilize that, um, it meant a lot with that personal relationship, but also it just meant a lot and like, you know, re reaffirmed everything that I've been working towards. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, let's get into the, the combine system. So obviously you're the founder of professional basketball combine, which provides NBA draft prospects, just um, more exposure that maybe they wouldn't have gotten um, because there's so many other, you know, blue chippers out there that are, they're getting the spotlight, which I understand, but like, tell me, tell my listeners what the system's all about and, and just kind of just share your journey. Like how, how did you get this thing going and, and how much has it really affected? Like, have you had some of these athletes come back to you and say, dude, Thank you so much for doing this because you know you opened the door uh to my dreams 100 percent. so the professional basketball combine for everyone that's listening is is a secondary nba draft combine so the nfl has a combine the nba has a combine basically at this event you're doing different types of drills scrimmages interviews an opportunity for players to get more exposure and raise their draft stock in the hope of making more money and starting their pro career on the, on the highest note possible. Well, the NBA has their own event and they invite the top 60 to 70 prospects. Most of the guys are going to get drafted. But I noticed several years ago that there was an opportunity for more people to be seen. And a lot of times there are players that are at top colleges, but maybe they only get 10 minutes because they got four first round picks on their team. Mm. Or maybe there's a guy who's a little undersized, wasn't recruited heavily, but is scoring 27 a game. And people are like, well, can this game translate from college to the pros? Well, that's what our event was designed to do. It was designed to showcase guys that are at the highest level. Hey, these guys can compete and they can play at the next level. And so each year we bring 24 players together and we have them go through three-on-three uh, -three scrimmages to comply with the pre-draft rules of the NBA. We have them go through all the combine testing, vertical jumps, lateral movement. We compare those to some of the top NBA performers to see, right? Like where do they, where do they rank? We have teams come in and do actual one-on-one -on -one interviews with these players to get to know them. Um, and at the end of the day, we've had 70 plus players come through and every single player except for one has signed a professional contract following our event. We've had, we've had guys playing 31 countries over these three years. We've had 10, over 10 guys sign two-way contracts with the NBA. We've had guys who were Division II players. We brought them to our event. Now they're in the G League. We have one of the smallest guys in college basketball history come to our event, ends up scoring 30 for the Atlanta Hawks in Summer League, and then goes play at the high level and overseas. So it's really been cool. We had one guy come to our event, re-change re people's minds who he was, ended up becoming the G League Rookie of the Year. Like, so it's been, a, it's been an unbelievable thing, but it just goes back to the one thing that I try to think about in everything that I do, and that's to elevate people to their best self, elevate people to their next level. And we do that with these athletes by giving them a chance, right? And these guys are competing and competing, and it's so awesome to see how that all comes to fruition in the two days that we, uh, we get a chance to work with them and put them through our workouts. 
that's beautiful, man. And when I when I'm when I'm listening to you, what can this system can it be uh, translated into other leagues like NFL, Major League Baseball? Now I know there there's there's it's, there's some different systems in place with different sports. Um, and I'm only going to bring this up and I don't want to derail my, my own question here, but uh, you know, sometimes like when you look in, in the game of football uh, you know, speed kills. And so if you're really fast, no matter if you're, if you're tall or not, and that, that, that can get you into the league, but I'm bringing up a quarterback who I had a chance to, to coach uh, not personally, but I was part of the, a part of the staff um, and he played at Tom Brady's high school. His name's Luke Batari. Uh, he broke every single record, every quarterback record, period, at this high school. Took him to back-to-back state championships, won one, um, lost the other. But dude's incredible. Barely got any looks only because of his size. And then he goes to junior college in his first year, takes him to state championship. I don't know if they won or not, but he broke a bunch of records and just dominated as a freshman. So he's, he's probably getting some looks. He got one or two offers. But I asked other coaches and other people, oh, yeah, it's just his size. But his brain is like he's, he reads stuff. Like he teaches coaches like how to read the defense. So, so when you have like people like that, like could your system, could it work in the NFL? Could it, could it work in, in getting people like Luke more attention, more looks, more exposure? Look, I'm sure there are plenty of ways that it could work and to make it happen. I have not explored uh, other sports or other things because we I wanted to focus on what we did really well and make sure that yeah, worked. Of sure. course. Um, that being said, though, you know, I think we're in a time in sports and you could look at Tom Brady as a, as a wonderful example, right? A guy who was drafted very late, ends up yeah. being the greatest quarterback to ever play. Even a guy we look at, Russell Wilson, a traditionally undersized quarterback doing excellent things. Um, you know, I think in, in basketball specifically, uh, because that's where our line of work goes towards is you can see guys who are coming out of the, the woodworks who weren't expected to be superstars who are becoming superstars, right? Look at Damon and Lillard. Look at CJ McCollum, two of the best players. They aren't coming from top tier programs per se. And we're being more open. I think specifically being more open to uh, getting guys and taking flyers and chances on different players. And so I think it's going to be very interesting as we continue to evolve because everyone outside of the league is continuing to improve their performance, right? We're in an age where you can really start to see these differences and, and size is only one part of the equation. Right. And, and I think that, you know, I hope, you know, being an underdog myself my whole life is like, I hope more guys are given more opportunities. And, um, you know, I'm always open to collaborating of our system with other people who want to take on this challenge. Um, but I think it's always, you know, I think there's always room for great people to be noticed. Um, and I hope more people will like see that, you know, from the coaching level to the, to the, to the ownership team. And, and, and I hope that, you know, more people will be able to have that because there are a lot of hidden gems in the world. A lot of great performers that just don't get the right opportunity or the right situation, but have done everything right and really could succeed. Totally. Uh, hundred percent, hundred percent. Now, again, I, there's so much more that we could talk about. Um, you know, maybe we'll have a part two down the road. Um, but before I get into to how my, my listeners can connect with you and follow you, um, and I'll, I, I want you to talk a little bit about your books too, because they're incredible. Um, but before we get into that piece, uh, I love this question because it's, it's reflection. That's how we grow. So when you think about your whole career, even as an athlete, keynote speaker, entrepreneur, 
Like, what do you think you've learned the most about yourself? So where, where have I learned the most about myself? What? Like, what, what, what have do you I think learned you, the most yeah. about myself? You know, I think, I think, whew, this is great. Um, it's really making me think. And, and, I, and I've done some thinking about this and, and recently a lot, actually. And what I'd say is that it's being very self-aware of what I'm excellent at and being very aware of the things that I need improvement on. And specifically, what I mean by that is like, for me, I'm a very ambitious person, right? And you could hear in my voice, I'm passionate, I'm driven, I'm very excited about things, and I just go all in on these things. But I've also realized that that's the, the behavior that has prevented me in the past to enjoying the moments as they're actually happening. Mm. And, um, you know, I'm very blessed that my mom is, is sane of a woman, but she's always telling me to live in the moment and enjoy the journey. And as I've evolved, the thing I've learned like most about myself, right, is that I'm always going to want more. I'm always going to want to achieve greatness. I will always pursue that. I will never take no for an answer. I will challenge the status quo. But what I also have to do is to take a deep breath, to enjoy myself, to surround myself with great people, to experience life fully so that when it's all said and done, I will be successful. Because when I take those breaths, I'm free. When I spend time with the people I love, I'm free. When I take an afternoon off because I want to go on a long walk or go meet up with someone or spend time with my family, I'm free. And that's what I define success as. So no matter how hard I pursue the ultimate goals, it's about that. And that's, I've learned that about myself. I've acted on it and I'm continuing to get better. And it's, it's been a joy to experience that. Yeah, man, I love that. Super cool, man. So before we get into to all your handles and where people can follow you and check you out, um, tell my listeners a little bit about your, your books, um, kind of a little bit about them and, and where they can buy it. Yeah, so the first book that I wrote, I was working with the Los Angeles Lakers. I drive every morning to avoid traffic, sit in my car and write my first book, which is called Elevate Beyond, all about how to stand out in the job market and discover your passion. So that was really for the, the college demographic, the recent graduate, the high school student who was starting to learn more about the career. And then my second book is called Elevate Your Network. And, and Grant, we'll hook up everybody who's listening with a, uh, a free copy of that book. All they got to do is pay a small shipping fee, but we'll, we'll talk about that at the end. Right. Um, and what that is, is it's 25 Kelf keys, 25 keys to building extraordinary relationships in life and business. So really talking about some of the strategies that will help take you from wherever you're at to wherever you want to go in your relationships, how to close more deals, how to build better uh, uh, partnerships with your employees, with your, with your colleagues, how to sell more. It, it really works in, in various avenues of your life. And some of the things that we talk about is, you know, understanding how to ask the right question, understanding that you never know who you're talking to until you know, understanding how the right ways to add value, understanding how to um, you know, get drinks the right way in a professional setting, right? Understanding that it's the most important thing you can do is to be yourself. And there's 25 of these different keys that, that really um, help, will help you grow in, in your life and in your business. So it's essentially a playbook. Exactly a playbook. And, you know, the, the playbook to success, right, right. Is, is, is right in front of you. <laughs> Just take it one by one. I love it. I love it. So how, how can my listeners uh, connect with you on social media and just learn more about you? Yeah. So, so I'm on all social media. Uh, the one I'm most popular on right now or the one that I spend my most time on is on Instagram, which is at Jake Kelfer, just my first and last name. And then you can also visit my website, jakekelfer.com. And on either one of those places, you can, uh, there'll be a link where you can just snag a free copy of Elevate Your Network. Like I said, just cover a small shipping fee and we'll get it to your doorstep in no time. 
All right. Jake, man, this is, uh, I'm pumped up, man. This is, uh, these are the kind of conversations I love. Um, not only just to, to hear different perspectives on success, but, but energy, man, that's, that's for me, it's what it's all about to live in, in this lifetime is to share my energy and also receive energy and, um, and, and basically talk to people and see them thriving at what they love. Um, to me, that's the shit. Like I, I love it, you know? So, so thank you so much for your time and your energy, your love and your passion. Uh, I know I appreciate it. I know my listeners are gonna appreciate it. So thank you for being on the show. Yeah, right back at you, Grant. It was a pleasure. Right on. <laughs>